Do you love watching live TV but are tired of your huge cable bill? Sling TV has the same top cable channels for as little as half the price, so you can save hundreds of dollars while still watching your favorite sports, news, reality TV, and more. Ditch cable and get Sling's total live streaming solution with free local channels. Setup and installation are included. Make the smart choice and switch to Sling TV. Get the best of cable for the best price. Learn more at sling.com slash cut cable. That's sling.com slash cut cable. Setup and installation included with $49 down and $20 a month for 12 months. Restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Golazo, the Mexican football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn. Um, joining me, uh, well, as as a regular, more or less, is uh, Manu Vet. Manu, how's your week been? Busy, really busy. This is actually the third podcast I'm recording this week. So, you know, um, it's been a busy week uh, covering all sorts and corners over on the planet, but um not gonna lie i'm pretty excited about this one yeah and so you should be uh we're getting closer and closer to the season starting aren't we and uh well this weekend and yeah there's, there's a few games to talk about over the weekend um some we can say more about than others but uh yeah the main focus is uh this coming weekend and we've got somebody returning uh we liked him that much and it seemed like everyone else did that we, we want to try and get him on as as often as we possibly can and that's uh well i call referred to him as oliver before but i've been told that it's ollie um so, uh, Ollie, how's your week been? And uh, thanks for coming back on again. It's a pleasure for having me back on. No, it's, it's been busy as well. Yeah, I've been slightly busy with the Gold Cup this past few days. So, I've got a few more games tonight. But once that's out of the way, I'll be happy to get back into the Liga MX this weekend. It's been a, it's been a month and a bit now. Just looking forward to get getting going again. Yeah, calm down, Ollie. You sound very excited about the uh, Gold <laughs> Cup. It's, it's been, been a riveting roller coaster, that, that tournament, hasn't it? Oh, it's been just non-stop fun, really. Can't wait for tonight when I've got Panama and El Salvador both to watch. Wow, nail biters. Oh. I can't wait to see them. Oh, <laughs> what, Have you got any other games to see or, or just that one? Uh, it's, uh, I've got Costa Rica versus Panama and then USA v El Salvador back-to-back effectively, so... All, all the big boys of world football oh, coming head to head. So, it's, uh, yeah, well, we shouldn't mock. I mean, God, I'm from Northern Ireland. Uh, if we get a draw, I'm pretty happy. If we get a win, it's like, wow. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I know how it feels to be uh, fans of uh, smaller nations, will we say. But, um, yeah, good luck with those. Um, so, guys, uh, let, let's uh, first of all uh, speak about the uh, football at the weekend. Um, Super Copa MX. Well, we'll start with that one. So, so we've seen uh, Qatar B. Um, Club America. Um, Manu, we, we did our predictions last week, and it was good to see that I got both predictions wrong. Uh, but um, yeah, this one ended at two nil. Started well, uh, but then kind of uh, died a little bit, didn't it? Um, Ollie, let, let's go to you first. I mean, you witnessed this game um, in between uh, all the Gold Cup uh, games that you're having to watch. Um, what, what did you make of the uh, performances both sides, and um, can we can we take much? from this going into uh, the, the league season? I'm not sure how much you can really take from it. I think you can probably take more from what, this is what Queretaro are going to be like, because, I mean, they were 
I think that's how Lozano is going to set them up this season. They were very defensive, very, very, very dull to watch. The tactics were very just to like nullify America, really, which totally worked and made for an absolutely dreadful game. This, this is what you said. First 20 minutes, pretty good. Quotaro, by far, by far on top, got the penalty, but very, very lucky penalty. And before that, I think Villa had like somehow managed to miss like a diving header open goal. Mm. And so they, they've got like one goal lead and just thought we we're going to shut up shop for the rest of the rest of the first half. And the second half, it was mostly the same again. It was caught Mier with the goal from the corner. But apart from that, just another, just a very tedious half. I'm not sure. I think America, America will obviously improve. It was, it's not, not the performance I think Herrera would be wanting in the super copper, but the players will like gel together eventually. They've got such a, very good squad this season but I think they'll be fine it's just like first proper game I think they'll be fine to like, go from there really yeah I, I, I agree I think uh, Club America can only get better um, I think yeah, well I get the feeling that's uh, a bit of an off day for them and Quartaro you know they they, they st- they did. They shut up shop. I think to be fair to them, they were they were very uh, strong in the middle of the park. I think they were yes. hard to break down, and yeah, I, th- I think they they drove uh, Club America under the wings, and they they really didn't create very much at, at all in, in in that area of the field. Uh, Manu, what did you make of the game? Yeah, I can only echo really what Ollie said. I find a couple of things that I noticed. Um, Miguel Herrera, of course, highly touted coming in from Tijuana. First, this is his first game, um, you know, as the head coach, official game as the head coach of Club America. And I think there's a lot of expectations. And these expectations meant that it was expected that they won't win this trophy, right? Because they had a, a horrible close order, really, that ended up missing the playoffs. And I think they, that only built on these expectations. And uh, Carretero, I th- I thought they really had them under control for this entire game. And, you know, if you you can say that it doesn't carry too much into the regular season, but you almost wonder if it does. And, you know, if it do- does do that, then I th- America will be in a bit of trouble and it could be a very long season for Miguel Herrera. And that's something that I took away. Another thing I took away was that um, Carretero didn't play Camilo, um, the Brazilian, with I followed for quite some time because he played up here in Vancouver and then made a very noisy exit to get to Liga MX. And he's a very high-paying contract down there. He he left uh, MLS and went to Mexico. And I think he, he makes in the region of $2.1 million down there. And he's been left on the bench. And then, you know, I think... It will be interesting to see how much he will feature uh, in the regular season. Um, he's he's a spectacular player, but you know, playing with three men up front, um, he should be fitting in there. But yeah, I'm curious to see the, that develop over the next few weeks. Yeah, very true. It'll be interesting to see just uh, what um, what maybe they they can take from this. Uh, these performances maybe change things up uh, going into the uh, season. I mean, uh, the season starts this weekend and actually um, a fixture that's been moved. We, we were saying that it must be due to TV rights uh, for this is the only uh, reason I can think it's been moved from in the UK anyway, from a Sunday uh, morning to uh, to Saturday night. Uh, but it's actually uh, the, the two sides face each other again, don't they, Ellie? They do, yes. It's t- taking place at Club America's ground. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what if Club, what if they both go with the same team. Do you think Querétaro 
we'll probably go with the same eleven if depending if Alexis Perez is um if he's uh, if his papers come in and he's able to play and with they've got Grimas who's uh, back from suspension. If would they go with him, Trejo and Nariga in the middle? We think Trejo, Nariga and Arileno, all like I said, they look very solid in the middle. And would they want to like break that up after like such such a good performance from that start and that start of play? We think looking from America's style of view, you think they're still missing quite a few players. There's not really anyone who could come back into that side. So they might just have to go with like the same 11, maybe. It'd be interesting to see, is it is it going to be like a, just a total repeat from the week before? If Quetaro are going to be like, well, we've done it once already, we'll just play exactly the same tactics again. And will it be another drab 0-0 or 1-0 Quetaro, maybe? You know, Oli, well, uh, sorry, Oli, I'm actually almost wondering how much the tactics in this game play into the the fact that they're meeting each other and you know back then it was only a week difference um how much do you think played into that it's a good point yeah i think it's hard to say because maybe maybe they've, they've now seen a spoon club america has seen what Quotaro, how they, they're going to set up i think but they're going to set up exactly the same way again and like sit back or maybe we're going to try and move a few, few things around to basically counter this now so if if Quotaro think we're going to go the same way again that could be like like not smart play from them because surely Herrera's smart enough to realise, okay, we've lost them once already doing this, we'll change it another way. So it could be it could play into America's hands quite nicely. And Ollie, may, may I just say, um, I mean, when, when we speak about uh, tactics, a lot of people are very critical of uh, Club America playing two up top, you know, with uh, Palazza and Romero. Um, do, do you see that? being altered um, at the weekend. Uh, it didn't seem to offer them very much. It didn't seem to really work or, or pay off at all for them. Yeah, it didn't really at all. I, I could probably see, I think, if they could swap, swap back to the four five one. if anyone's going to come in, they'd probably, like, think it'd probably be Quintaro who could come in for Romero, maybe. Mm. I think he's the only one who's, who could come in to offer them anything any different. I think they've got Cecilio, Cecilio Dominguez, who's probably still not fit enough. There's no one really else who could offer them anything else. So that's the only thing they can do. Bring bring Quintero in just to bring a bit more attacking play behind to sort of just try and open up Querétaro because they were just sitting back and just it was just fodder for them really. Yeah, Peralta is so important though for them as mm-hmm. also as a personality, right? And he's also quite features very regularly for L3, the Mexican national team, seen it at the Confederations Cup. So I I've it would probably be Romero that they would sacrifice if they change yeah. something up front, right? Yes, I agree. I think also when Edson Alvarez is back from the uh, Gold Cup as well, I think that's mm. when we'll see this uh, the five of the back take shape as well because he'll, he'll be back. And then I think Pablo Aguilar's got another suspension, one more game left. So then when he's back as well, they'll have like, Herrera will have his, like his, he'll be able to mould the team into his shape now then. And guys, if, if we were to look at um, the American side, I mean, a, you know, a strong talking po- point is is always uh, Linus, um, the seventeen year old. I mean, he played um, yeah, well. He, he played quite a lot last year. A lot of people were quite surprised that you know, being um, so young uh, and featuring uh, you know at such a high level, uh, playing on the wing there. Uh, what 
what you know, Manu, what, what was your impression of him? Um, how, how did you feel he played? I mean, from a pretty poor performance uh, from America, I, I think he, he had a, a pretty good game. I mean, it seemed like every time he got the ball, he was just uh, swarmed. He seemed to be surrounded by several players, and, and he, he did what he could. But, you know, I, I mean, they, they even seemed to... Um, rely on him so much that they have him taking a lot of the free kicks into the box. Um, you know, it, 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 I suppose it's quite a lot of pressure for a 17-year-old. Yeah, well, he's often described the Christian, the answer, Mexico's answer to Christian Pulisic when you're in the media there. And therefore, you know, there is a lot of pressure on him because he, he there's a, the, the weight is on his shoulders to become that next Mexican superstar. Um, I think he handles that quite well, as much as well as a 17-year-old can handle that. Um, little sad he got rid of his three-digit shirt number. It's only 34 now rather than 340. That's a little, that's, <laughs> that's bad news. I'm a big fan of the three-digit shirt numbers. But, you know, I think he is the real deal. He's a very good football player and he probably at some point will have to, Mexicans won't like to hear that, especially Club America fans won't like to hear that. He won't have to make that move abroad and uh show that he can play on a higher level but i mean he's a very good player and if if the if they're relying on him to do um to to execute those situations while playing for one of the two most popular teams in the country i think that is that shows that he uh, can take the pressure quite well Oli, what's your impression of him how highly do you rate him do you think uh he's a little bit premature all the um the hype about him I don't think so at all. I think, yeah, I, I, I in Manor's thoughts, he is just some, just, just class really. Yeah. From when he first made his appearance in the Copper Mix, like where at Santos Laguna, you just like saw like, he's like the 16 year old. I think this is something special here really. And from there, just gone from strength to strength to strength. I'd hope, to, hope Herrera will keep using him this season because he just deserves to play. He's just probably, if not Club America's most creative player at the moment, like a 17 year old. And that's got a team with like William in and, Ibarra and Celio Dominguez and Quintaro. So you think he must, if, if he's not a regular, it'd be slightly disappointing that, that this potential is being wasted. But like, like I said, he will eventually move on to bigger and better things. But I mean, uh, possibly talking about you know, how, how good he is, and obviously we're saying that he's very talented, but he is only 17. Do, you know, does this maybe say that, you know, Club America, you know, they, they don't maybe have that added bit of quality that you know i mean no club should really uh well maybe not rely but really expect a 17 year old to to create the um the chances for them you know and maybe get the that winning goal or set up that winning opportunity for them should they no you're right yeah 17 year old shouldn't have to carry the weight you think of how big a cycle america the weight of like the pressure would be on him to perform it's like it shouldn't be on him there's so many other big names in the squad that should be stepping up to the plate and especially in the Coursera, they just didn't at all. It was just relying on him to just either come off the bench or start for like and play six, seventy minutes and just try and just turn the game just by how good his footwork is, his crossing, his just pace, everything about him. So yeah, it's a weird one. You think you want him to do well, but at the same time, all this pressure is on him. This hopefully doesn't affect him because he seems to be taking it all in his stride at the moment. Um, some, I mean, Manu, if if we just um finally speak about both sides uh, going into the the season, um, as we've said, it it starts this weekend. Um, how do you see it going for uh, both sides? What, what's your 
you don't have to make a prediction like second and you know eleventh, but you know how, how do you see the the season going for them after you know the the pre seasons that they've had and uh, obviously the the different changes at both clubs. Yeah, both will try very hard to get back into the Liguilla, and that has to be the goal, especially for Club America. They're such a big side; they will ha- that that has to be the goal, and I mean that is the expectation, that is the minimum goal that they should achieve. Caratao is the same. I mean. If they don't watch it and if they have another couple of poor seasons, they, they're slowly sliding towards the, the, um, riggedy relegation point total, right? So they need a, they need a good season just to make sure that that in the future can never happen to them. So I expect them both challenging for the playoffs, but I think that <clears throat> Club America, because of the status, they're just a bit, you know, you expect them to be there. But, I mean, they will both have to work hard to eventually make it. It's eight spots, and um, neither of them made those eight spots in the Clausura last year. And Oli, how, how do you see both sides uh, getting on? Do, do you agree with Manu that you're both going to have uh, the gear aspirations? I, th- I think Club America will definitely. They'll definitely make it, just think on the, the star power alone they've got there now. I still... Crotar is a tricky one. They're just... There's not like a big name there. I think San Vezo is probably the biggest name there. I, I still feel that they might struggle, even though they did win, maybe America. I just can see them struggling this season because I think last season they relied on Volpe so much that there was times where he was just like either winning points on their, on, on his own, really. So I, I, they'll have Laguia aspirations, but I don't think they'll make it. I, I feel like this, they, this could be a team that could be in trouble when, if not this season, a few years' time. Yeah, that's it. I I I kind of echo that as well. I mean, Club America are always going to be there or thereabouts, aren't they? Um, Carataro, I don't know. I I think you know. Last year, I mean, Volpe, we, we all know, is a fantastic goalkeeper. He makes some brilliant saves. Um, I thoroughly agree that they relied on him too much last year. He saved them on too many occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a bit of a flurry uh, towards the end of the season uh, being effective in front of goal. Um, I, I think they had, they had quite a high rate, um, a goal to a shot rate, and I think that saved them. But you know, it, it only takes for that to dry up a little bit, and it puts an awful lot of pressure uh, on, well, on 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 the, the entire side, you know, and uh, and I suppose it's going to be pressure on Volpe as well, you know, to to keep clean sheets. And we all know in uh, Liga MX just how hard it is to uh, keep clean sheets or to keep scores down sometimes. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to talk about the uh, second game uh, at the weekend, and that's uh, the Champions the Champions is or that's probably pronounced very wrong. Uh, but um, yeah, we're going to talk about the second game. I'm going to be honest, uh, UK that was on at 3.45am and I had to be up at uh, a quarter past five. So I caught only the last 10 minutes of this. Uh, but from what I've seen and what I've read, um, Tigres seem to play very well. Um, you know, they, they got a bit of a revenge on uh, Shivas. Uh, Manu, how, how was this game? How, how was it for you? Yeah, I think that the the score didn't quite reflect how good Tigers were. I think that they were by far the better side. And I think that they, you know, rightfully won this title and got one back on Chivas. You recall Chivas won the the Clausura in the final against Tigers, um, which was a bit heartbreaking for Tigers because they're a team that get often get to the finals. And we'll talk about that, I guess, in a moment. But 
don't really manage to see it out. And um, this was a good occasion. So I think this is this is good for them to win it at this stage because it's you know it gives you quite a bit of confidence. Um, I also thought it was good that Eduardo Vargas scored because um, you know he is a player quite known for being very effective for the national team and then a no-show at every single club that he had ever played. Now, I saw them play in Vancouver um, last year, or last season rather, in the spring when they eliminated the Whitecaps from the CONCACAF Champions League semifinal. And I thought that Vargas was actually quite poor in that game. And um, every game that I've seen Tigres play, I thought Vargas was quite poor. So he has to show that he's worth the, the amount of money that they spend and that he is not just a national team player, that he can also be effective in for for his club side. So I think for him to get the goal and have a decent game was very important in a sense. And I think for Tigres to kickstart this um, right away for title was very important for them because, I mean, we can all agree they are the biggest side in terms of the players that they have to their disposal right now in Liga MX. Yeah, and Oli, what, what did you make of the uh, the game? Uh, w- would you uh, agree with Manu's comments? I would do, yeah. I think Tigre were very impressive. I mean, Chivas just barely attacked, if not much, just shot. I mean, Guzman had one of his easiest games he'll ever have. But it's interesting to see Ferretti line, um, line him up in like a 3-5-2, 3-4-2-1, whatever you want to call it, with, um, I think, the back three of Juninho, Torres Nilo and Estrada. It seemed to work relatively well. Torres Nilo struggled because he's just not a, a centre-back. So when, when Ayala comes back, I think him, Juninho, and probably Meza will be the the back three. It's basically, I think, because obviously with Pizarro's now his absence, so that's just a massive hole in the middle of that side that I think the only way to do it is to sort of just plug up that defence now, really. But no, it's in, yeah, regarding Vargas, yeah, I think that was this is one of his best two-year performances, if, if not his best. Him and Juniak linked so well together. I mean, on another day, Juniak could get two or three, maybe, just so many times where it's, it just, it seemed like we've had this Juniak thing especially during last season as well, there is this games when you just think you're just missing chance after chance after chance. It's like, we've seen the season before that you're absolutely incredible and now you're back to this. So I think him, if, if Vargas stays, because he's been linked with um, a loan away to San Lorenzo, which is really an, an interesting move, but I'm, on this view here, he seemed happy enough in his sort of like body language when he scored the goal and celebrated with Juniak that be nice to them, if, if them two can really get, get going, I mean, Tio could be a force this season. Yeah, especially because Anna Valencia wasn't even on the field yet. Yeah. You know, so you could even see them play with Vargas, Gignac and Valencia in a, in a 4-3-3. Three, three, yeah. You know, which would suit them really well, I think, because, you know, Vargas plays, um, when, when Chile, saw Chile a lot at the Confederation Cup. I think I was at six of their games. <laughs> so <laughs> I was at five of their games, actually. I actually don't know how I managed that, but I saw every single one of their games. And the interesting thing about them was that the, the three in the front were very, very variable. You know, that the, they had Sanchez, um, at times they had Puch. At some point, they even played, uh, Arturo Vidal sort of as a, as a striker, you know, in that 4-3-3, which was really weird and really interesting. But, um, what you see is that they, the, the positions changed on a constant basis up front. And I think if they play Vargas, Gignac and Valencia, they could sort of mirror that and maybe finally give Vargas that um that position that he needs and that that you know that feel the feeling that he needs uh, and the formation that he needs to succeed 
Yeah, I agree. I think if you can somehow fit in like Aquino, Dam, Zellerayan behind, and Duenas behind them as well, it's suddenly like a formidable like front seven effectively there. So I think Tio could be quite a fun side to watch this season. Yeah, very much so. And I think if they can squeeze all of them in and um, and still uh, not concede um, yeah. too many goals, then yeah, they'd be doing very well because it's. It's, well, as you say, front seven, that's only going to leave three defend, defensive-minded uh, players. But um, yeah, it, it it does sound like a dream on paper, doesn't it? I mean, guys, I mean, um, Enter Valencia, um, we know that um, obviously he's been uh, Liga MX before. We spoke about him last week on the pods, and he, he's he's been very effective. Uh, but do, do you think uh, for the likes of uh, Vargas and uh, Geniac, uh, he, he's going to be good to have in maybe the starting 11 uh, alongside them uh, he's going to take a little bit of pressure off them or do you think having another player like that who could p- potentially take your position it, it it adds pressure I mean how do you see that um, Ollie? I mean it's, it's obviously a great addition for the squad uh, and for the team but um, how do you think it affects uh, maybe the other attacking players again I can't see it affecting Junior too much. I think he know he and Ferretti both know he's the first name on the team sheet. So I think he's probably his position is safe. It's more like his players like your Vargas's, your Dams, your Sozas. He's thinking, well, if Valencia's coming in here, and surely he's probably he's going to come in and probably think to be a starter, considering his like pedigree in Liga MX already. Is he going to take one of my positions? So it's probably one of those I'm worried about, and why Vargas might be thinking. I might have to get out on loan because I'm not going to get any game time and if I want to get to a World Cup and et cetera, et cetera. So it's sort of, the you don't call them like fringe players because they're not, but like the regulars who have been for about a season, season and a half now, see a player from the Premier League coming in, you think they're not going to not start him. So it's probably those ones that are going to be a bit worried about, but I think he's going to be, a re- he's a very, very good signing. If they can get, like, like I said, get him, Vargas and Junior all firing together, that could, that's some partnership. Yeah, I mean, we kind of mentioned last week as well that, you know, whether he starts, uh, comes off the bench or whatever, you know, it's, it's a great addition for them. Another mm-hmm. option uh, up top for them, really. Um, and yeah, Tigres are, Tigres have always been a side that when they turn it on, they get plenty of goals and they can just uh, tear teams apart. Uh, we've seen that towards the end of the season uh, on the run up to the final. And uh, I would imagine that they're going to go into this season uh, favourites as well or, or thereabouts. Uh, Manu, would you agree with that? I mean, do you think that they're going to? the the ones to to beat yeah absolutely i think that's that's without a doubt and um it was a good article today on espn about you know the new outlook and who they are as a team and what they want to accomplish and and the 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 fact that ferretti has been there now for for quite some time you know he's managed something that doesn't happen a lot in Mexican football which is to coach a team for seven years and he's been quite successful in, in that stand but at the same time the one thing that has eluded them was the international title you know to win either the Copa Libertadores which is of course in a current setup not possible because Liga MX is currently not part of that but also the conquering of Champions League which they of course lost another final um, third one in a row this um the spring so i think that's something that they really want to get done and um get be more effective when they play in finals and i think that's something that they they were looking at and when they looked at the squad and they brought in players they did that with that in mind and so they bring in a player like valencia 
I think it's also just to, to show guys like Vargas, like, look, or even Ismail uh, Sosa, who I think is quite a good player. You guys will, you guys will have to keep it up because there will be more squad rotation. We'll bring in players in and out. And uh, at the end of the day, we need to win titles because this team is the most expensive side outside of Europe, you know, and that has to be the aspirations. You can't have this expensive of a squad. This, well stocked of a squad and not win all the titles. So I think that's something that they, they're very much after. And, uh, thankfully the organization is very patient because Ricardo Ferretti, I mean, uh, Oli, we spoke off pot how much, how, how great of a mind he is and how good of a thinker he is. And, uh, I met him when he was in Vancouver and he, he's a gentleman. He's a well spoken character. He understands football like no one else. And so when we talk about tactical changes, um, the, the big thing that we saw at the Confederations Cup was the 352 becoming mainstream. I wouldn't be surprised if he does that as well as just to accompany, uh, to find, make room for all these, these attacking players that he has. So, you know, he, he will be adaptable. He will change. He'll make sure that everyone gets to play and that they finally going to win that major title. Yeah, Oli, uh, do you think there's much pressure on a Ferretti uh, this season? Um, I mean, we've seen him do very well um, in previous years, but yeah, always struggle in finals, which we spoke about on uh, on several occasions, really. I mean, it's a, it's quite a hot topic when you mention Tigres. Uh, but do you see there being much pressure on him this season, uh, especially when, you know, you've you got to take into consideration what, what Manish just said. You know, they've got such an expensive uh, squad that they've assembled. I think that's the thing. I think that regardless, there's always going to be pressure on Peretti. And I think even more so this season, you just look at their squad, it's just like stacked all the way through. You think it is that uh, CONCACAF Champions League title that, is, that, have been, that they haven't been able to get. I think that's what they're going to focus on this season. And even with an Apertura Closera title, they'd, they'd be thinking we've got to, we, we should be winning at least one of these, if not both. So I think... Yeah, the pressure will be on Ferretti, but he always just seems to thrive under it. Maybe not so in the finals. They seem to just always get so far and just fall at that final that stumbling block. But just looking at this season, it, like I said, it is hard to see anyone, any other side that are close to them. You think the, other, the only sides that could get near are probably Club America and Pachuca. But yeah, d- definitely pressure there. But I still think Tigre will, um, Tigre and Ferretti will thrive under it. Yeah, I can only imagine so as well. I think I'm I'm going to agree with uh, you fellas. I, I think they're going to be one of the favourites to win it. Um, I mean, th- that squad looks fantastic, really. Um, uh, there was talk about uh, Gignac leaving uh, towards the end of the season. Um, he stuck around. Um, Fargas, though, we'll speak about in a little bit. But, um, you know, th- this could be his year to shine. And... Yeah, Enter Valencia, and I mean, some of the other players in that squad, you know, just make it for a very exciting team, and uh, I, I think they're going to be really hard to uh, to beat this season. Um, guys, let's move on then and speak a little bit about a match day one. It's it's almost here, isn't it? We're, we're two days away from it. Um, who else is excited? Oh, buzzing for it. It's been yeah. too long without <laughs> some proper Mexican football. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, I agree. I think we've seen enough uh, international games, haven't we? Um, and I kind of mentioned before the pod, didn't I? I don't think Mexico really done themselves. Um, well, they haven't done themselves too much favour on the international scene. I mean, a lot of people are watching and they, they haven't really flourished. And, you know, it, it's good to get League MX uh, back, I think. Um, oh, yeah. 
So, um, yeah, let, let's move into that, I think. Um, let, well, let's uh, let's look at the uh, the first games uh, coming up. Uh, we've got uh, Morelia are, are going to take on uh, Monterey. Monterey have uh, invested uh, heavily and did very well in the in the draft. Um, I mean, uh, Ollie, what, how do you see this one going? Uh, will you be tuning into this uh, this first game? I will be, yes. I'll be watching both games live on the Saturday morning for us Brits here. So I, I, it could be interesting then because Monarcos, I mean, that what we've talked about there ended a Closera, obviously ridiculous, that how can they now follow that up? You think they're not in too much relegation trouble. They've, I think they, have, they haven't bought much during the draft. I think they've got in Guzman and Sopulveda and he's still away at the um, uh, Gold Cup. So... I mean, all, it, it was, that team is all very much Rui Diaz. But you, you look at Monterey and you think it's just a very impressive squad. You think going forward, Hurtado, Pabon, Funes Mori and Carlos Sanchez, do you think, I can't see anything but a Monterey win here, really. Yeah, I'd be a little bit surprised if it went any other way, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Monterey will be a little bit disappointed with how the Laguia went. Uh, last year, I mean, Tigres absolutely took them apart, uh, but uh, they, they've got to be uh, hoping that they can do a little bit better this year, um, go a bit further, and uh, yeah, I don't, don't think they're going to be uh, looking forward to running into uh, local rivals uh, Tigres, are they? Uh, you know, I don't think anyone is, uh, but it's it's going to be a it's going to be a tough one uh, for Morelia. Uh, Manu, uh, how do you see this game going? Uh, do do you? Do you see um, see it being one way traffic? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, this that would be the easy answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've we've all watched Liga MX enough to know that uh, the results happen to go often very different than we all expect, don't they? Um, this this is, I think, the game that saved them last year, isn't it? They, uh, on, on the final, final match of the season, Monarchus beat yeah. Monterey and it, it saved them from relegation. Very true. So yeah. there's that. Um, so I, I, I be careful about any kind of predictions with that one, but you know, Monterey are such a huge side and they're one of the teams that like their local rivals. Tigres have always make a huge amount of investments and will be there about. So like on paper, I think it's, it's quite easy to say that they will win this game. Yeah, I, I can't really see it going any other way. But I suppose that's Liga MX for you. You, you shouldn't um, you shouldn't count your eggs. I suppose um, uh, it always likes to throw us a curveball or two. But um, the the next game then, uh, which uh, UK time is going to be three a.m. Uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, we, we we really should have picked a, a league that um, is a bit more suitable, shouldn't we? But uh, <laughs> but it is still worth it. And we're going to see um, Zolas uh, at home to uh, Cruz Azul. Um, I I think the uh, your my prediction would be that the home side will probably win this one. I mean, if we base uh, base it on Cruz Azul uh, in recent times, I mean they've they've been so up and down, uh, mostly down. Uh, um, yeah, a lot of down. Uh, they, they really haven't. Uh, you know, for one of the one of the what's seen as one of the big sides in uh, Liga MX, uh, they really uh, haven't had uh, a good time in recent years. And uh, Tijuana, I, I I think they looked pretty good last year. I, I quite enjoyed watching them, and 
yeah, I, I, I can see this being a, a home victory as well. Uh, Manu, how, how do you see this one going? Um, will it be a, a game that you would uh, advise anyone to tune into? Yeah, well, I'll be watching it because unlike you guys, I'm in the right time zone. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what time is it with you that man? 7 p.m. So that works well oh. for me. <laughs> Sounds like a dream. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, Tijuana have this. Cruz Azul were, of course, a team in trouble last year. So I think Tijuana got that. Yeah, I might like to echo that as well. Just the way the Tijuana, the players they've got, in, well, they may have lost, like, uh, lost Hurtado recently for Gustavo Boy. You think that's a seriously good sign? Uh, yeah, I can't see this going any other way apart from a Tijuana win, even as much as I quite like Cruz's all side this season. Yeah, well, again, we'll we'll talk about that a, a little bit more um, later on in the uh, the podcast. But um, we're we're going to move on to uh, the, well, the next two games are on at the same time. They're going to be on Saturday evening for most uh, UK or European uh, watchers. Uh, but we're going to speak about the uh, the the promoted side, uh, Lupus. Uh, the Wolves, uh, as they're known, um, and they're they're going to be at home to Santa Laguna. Um, yeah, I mean, I it, I think it would be great. I mean, I, I personally I would like to see Lubos uh, win, uh, just because the the promoted sides do find it very tough coming into the league. Um, and I, I mean that they they've never been to this level before. Um, and to be honest, that they're going to find it very hard. I mean they've they've brought in a lot of new faces. They've they've loaned quite a few players. They've got quite a few uh, Tigres players um, actually, uh, don't they? Um, that which just shows you how good uh, Tigres's squad was. Um, but I I don't know. I just I I think that um, the first half of last season they finished fifteenth, uh, I believe, and uh, second half they finished sixth. And then managed to have a, a bit of a run in in you know in the knockout phase and and, and managed to uh, to come into the uh, the league um, unexpectedly really and um, it's go- it's going to be very tough for them uh, I think I think it's going to be very hard um, Ollie do do you see them uh, managing to pick up a point or maybe even three um, the first game of the season I mean they they are going to have that home advantage I suppose you know the fans are going to be buzzing they're going to be excited uh, but do do you see them doing one um, to uh, Santos Laguna? I don't think I can see them beating Santos Laguna. I mean, it's a tricky team to start with, but regardless if you're playing them at home or not, Santos Laguna are just one of those sides that are always just annoyingly tough to play against. I can see them getting a point, though. It's like, depends. It's like, say, so you talk about the team you play, I think they've got Advan Kula, Lewis and Julian Quinenos, and they're both all very, very good signs to have on loan, you think, especially the two, like, both Quinenos, Lewis Quinenos especially, he's a, very very impressive player like should be start could be starting in most Liga MX sides so I can see them getting a point it will be very very tough I'd be interested to see what side uh, Quinte starts with considering they've made like 14 or 15 new players in so be interested to see how they line up what's their tactics and stuff like that but yeah I, I can see them nicking a point to start off with, especially with at home as well the fans are going to be really up for it as well yeah, Manu how do you see this one going Oh, Oli mentioned something really important, all the new signings that they make. And that's because the jump from the Ascenso to Liga MX is quite significant, especially for them, because keep in mind, they've never finished first in the regular season. This is the, the highest finish that they had was sixth, and they only, you know, got promoted because of the weirdness of league, for of the, the league system there. 
the the fact that they won um, the playoffs and then you know one set of playoffs, not both, and then uh, beat the Dorados in the in the promotion final is really the way they got there, and that is um, you know bizarre. It's the only league in the world where you where you can finish fifteenth and sixth and then go up, and <laughs> that is something that we have to keep in mind, right? And Therefore, their squad wasn't Liga MX ready. Having a good playoff run does not mean you're good enough to play in the top division. And I think that's why you see such a huge turnover with their squad. I mean, there are 40 new players. But yeah, I mean, we identified a few. Um, they brought in some experience with Matza as well. They sent a back who, who had a long career in Europe, so they will need that. And, you know, overall, just throughout the squad, Julian Quineos is another one. You already identified him, right, Oli? Mm-hmm. The, the player they brought in from Tigres. He will get tons of playing time, something that Tigres will like. They were able to hang on to Amaro Escoto, um, who played with them already last year, and he's um, back with them on loan. So that's good, because he was actually one of the heroes to bring him up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see them, but uh, be, they will have to do a lot of gelling really quickly. And Santos Laguna are one of these teams that I personally really like to watch because they're always very good. And they're one of the most modern and stable franchises in that league. Yeah, but I, I, I feel that we almost need to speak a little bit about uh, Lubos uh, coach or uh, manager Puente. Um, He's had a rather interesting career. I only read up today um, about this. Um, and yeah, he, he, he didn't really have much of a playing career as such. Uh, he's only 38. Uh, but he, he then went into a bit of a... Well, he first of all went into acting mm-hmm. after that. And then he went into commentary. And then he, he's worked at a, a few clubs since then. He, he worked um, as you know chief operating uh, officer at uh, Chivas, and yeah, now, now here he is. Um, and his, his his first time of asking, he managed to get the side promoted. Um, uh, quite phenomenal, really. Um, I hope that you know, it, well. You always hope, I think, that a young manager will do well. But um, yeah, I just I don't know whether it's going to be a step too far. I don't know whether their squad is not going to be big enough. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, how many uh, are the other? Uh, I mean, we see plenty of lively characters, I suppose, in Liga MX. But how many other uh, sides can say that they've got an actor, you know, as their uh, as their main man? You know, I would say all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's Liga <laughs> MX for you. You need that. No, of course not. It's a bit of a different character, and I, 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 I'm curious to see how he's going to get on. Yeah, definitely. Well, as long as he doesn't abuse any of their press, um, he, he should be okay. Um, they seem to have a bit of a fondness of doing that, don't they? But uh, yeah, we'll we'll move on, and I I think that's that's going to be a rather exciting uh, game to watch uh, for for quite a few uh, reasons, uh, as we said. But the the other game um, on Saturday again, I'm I'm going off the European uh, time scale here, but it, it's going to be that Club America uh, Qatar game, uh, which we've kind of already mentioned. So I, I think we can kind of we can move on from from that one, and then uh, let's. Let's focus uh, on the uh, the Sunday game. So, so what have we got on Sunday? Uh, we've got Tigres, um, who we said are going to be a rather uh, powerful. Or do, do we see them um, slipping up at all against Puebla? Uh, if I'm honest, I don't see that happening. What about you, Oli? Definitely not. No, I think they could, this could be three or four to Tigre, really. Yeah, if end of Valencia's, but 
he is registered and everything. So if, if they can start him, like we've already talked about again, Junior Plenty of Vargas, I think, yeah, this could be the, the game that really shows that these three could work together. Just Prebert, again, one that's another side who seemed to have brought in a lot of players, but even last season, just very uninspiring. I think Cardoza did well to keep them up in the end, but I think they could struggle again this season. This could, be, this could yeah, I see just a very comfortable first game of the season for Tigre. Yeah, I, I I see that being a one way traffic. What we say, um, but um, yeah, I, I I suppose um, if we look at the fixture list on Sunday without going into uh, every game, I, I think we're going to struggle to uh to have enough time to to speak about every side. But um, you've got a Leon Wolf will face Atlas. Um, that could be an exciting. Game. Both teams have uh, played rather attacking stuff last year. Um, then we've got um, Jivas, um, who obviously uh. Champions there, and we'll, we'll face uh, Toluca, but it brings us on to uh, Pumas. Uh, Pumas are, are going to play a uh, Pachuca, and a bit of interesting uh, news this week uh, for Pachuca. Uh, and we're going to go to you, uh, Manu, on this. Um, they, they've had a, a new signing, haven't they? A, a rather exciting one. Yeah, Kaisuke Honda, and um, a lot of major league soccer fans just down from where I live. I'm going to be very disappointed at this because the early word was that he would sign for the Seattle Sounders. And in fact, that looked like the deal was done. And then uh, they couldn't get it done. And um, there was hope that he would sign in the summer because he's, of course, a free agent now. And, well, it turns out he was heading in this general direction, but not to the United States, but rather to Mexico. And... This is, this is a significant signing, I think, for Liga MX, um, not just because of the talent that he brings to the league, which I think is still, still a very talented player, but Kaisuke Honda is a huge name in Japan, and this puts Pachuca on the map, and you know, Pachuca is one of the most modern teams in Liga MX, and you know, they, 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 they're featured in the, uh, Cuervo, um, soap opera that I like to watch um, that which is available on Netflix by the way and they show the the dressing rooms and the facilities of the club and one club in one of the episodes and I don't think I've ever seen anything like it it's uh, a different world altogether and the fact that you know that they that they have all of that available probably made it made them an enticing um, prospect to sign for Kaisuke Honda and Honda is going to be huge in this league yeah, I agree. I, I think he's, he's he's a hell of a hell of a purchase for the league, but also for Pachuca. Uh, can I just ask, um, Manu? Uh, I mean, why do you think he came to Liga MX? Why do you think he went there over uh, MLS? Well, MLS is is difficult in MLS. You know, with the designated player rules, with the the players that you're allowed to bring in. It's difficult, and um, Liga MX allows him to play maybe at a, at a level where he could still um, get the kind of challenge that he needs to feature for Japan at the World Cup next year. Maybe he, um, if he, you know, maybe he thought that um, it's just at that level that he needs, but also um, the the fact, you know, that. The travel, etc., the the weird scheduling um, of Major League Soccer uh, and the competition that he has in the Japanese national team, 
that that would that wouldn't really quite gel. So you know, when Pachuca came along, they probably also made an offer that is significant more than what um, MLS is, uh, was able to offer. I think it was a deal that he simply couldn't turn down. And and in the end of it, it you know they're professional players and they they want to go for what makes the most sense for them financially, but also moving forward as a player and. Leham X is, um, I often say, it's may, it's one of the best, maybe not the best league outside of Europe. And that's, you know, he gets to play on, on a very high level, proving himself on an every weekend. So I think that was really the main reasons that um, it won out over uh, Major League Soccer. And for, you know, Leham X, this is a huge steal. It's, uh, it means that they're now all of a sudden on the Japanese market, the market that was previously pretty much unexplored for them. Yeah, for Pachuca, I think this is going to be a great marketing tool, isn't it, for them? I mean, uh, we, we've kind of mentioned you all just how much uh, the likes of the, the Japanese enjoy their football and, and they watch their stars then go abroad. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of people tuning in for this, uh, not just uh, Liga MX uh, fans. Um, Oli, do you see him becoming an, an instant impact player for Pachuca? I really do, yeah. I think he's going to fill the void of um, Chucky Lozano. I think him and Puch together could be some seriously good, well, I mean, better team this season. Without Lozano, I think Honda will be what it'll probably, I can see it being probably the best player in the Liga Mexico season. It's just such a phenomenally good sign and you think the pull he has and even when he may not have had the opportunity when he's been recently at AC Milan but I think we all know what Honda brings to a team and especially in Mexico as well I think he's going to bring so much more to Pachuca to really push him on to another level. Yeah, well, I know I'm I'm going to be very excited about uh, seeing him perform uh, in the season and it, it's just, I think it's great just to have a, another big name uh you know, within the league, and you know, as Manu said, you know, it it is one of the biggest leagues in the world, and it it just goes to show how much of a pull a uh, Liga MX actually has. Um, guys, we're we're gonna quickly. I mean, we don't have that much time, but let's pick out some players that we reckon out we should um to to look at uh this coming season. Uh, and just um, we don't have to go into too much depth, but just to explain why you're gonna highlight them um for for maybe the right reason or wrong reason uh, and just say um you know why you think that people should keep an eye on them uh manu let, let's go to you first um let, let's go with three players let's let's see how that is or three names within league mx yeah so m- one of the players that you know this price is one of my favorite players to watch period and he took the league the clausura by storm last year chilean striker who then struggled with injuries for quite some time um, after storming out of the gate with nine games and eight goals. Uh, Nico Castillo, Nicolas Castillo, of course. Um, I like him that much that I actually have a shirt. He's a phenomenal player and a player who's somewhat stalled a little bit with his development when he first came came to Europe. He's still only 24, but uh, you know struggled a little bit in Italy, in Germany, and then uh, went back home to the Primera División in Chile um, to, to his club, um, Universidad Católica. Scored 13 goals in, in 12 games and then was picked up by, by Pumas. And um, he was fantastic, you know, until he went home to play for the national team. Uh, midway through the, the Clausura season, he picked up an injury, tried to play through the injury, 
didn't turn out so well, but then he picked up a yellow red card, a red card, and uh, missed a bunch of games because of that. But, you know, we in the games where he did play well, we could really see what kind of player he is and how big of a player he is. And a player, who, in my opinion, can still make a major impact in Europe. And I think he will have to show, um, and Pumas in general will have to show that, you know, they still have, that he has that potential and that they as a club have that potential. And uh, in order for them to do that, he will have to be a top, top player. Now, um, I like strikers. <laughs> I like strikers a lot. So I picked another striker as my, as my second choice. And this is Gustavo Bu. Um, Oli just mentioned him for, for Tijuana. He's filling in some, maybe some big, big shoes. Um, Hurtado, of course, he left the club for, for Monterrey, he was the main striker at Tijuana. Um, one of the reasons why Tijuana did as well as they did for for many years now, and um, they made a lot of money on Hurtado, and then reinvested it in uh, Gustavo Bo, who they brought in from Racing Club de Avelande from the Premier División in Argentina, and uh, he scored ten goals in twenty games and had four assists. So. You know, I think that that he's quite an interesting pickup. When you look at over his overall statistics, uh, for Racing Club, he played 90 games for them, scored 43 goals, 15 assists. I think that will translate quite well to to Liga MX. Um, it's it's also the, the the kind of striker. He's a typical Liga MX striker. He's a meter 77 tall. He's a little boxy. He's physically strong, but at the same time not a tall player. I think that's someone who who can thrive in that league and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to watch him and, and see him see him develop as a player there so that's that's my second choice my third choice is a Mexican Rodolfo Pizarro um, from Chivas and I, I like him because I think we'll see him soon in Europe uh, he's an attacking midfielder he is a very talented player uh, Chivas of course they are a team who only use Mexican-born players in their squad, a little bit like Atletico Bilbao does with only the Basques. Now, um, he has a little bit to prove. He didn't have the, the best of season, but he is, he is very adaptable. Um, when you look at his, his heat map on the positions that he can play on the field, he can play offensive midfield, he can play center midfield, he can play defensive midfield. He has been used as a center back, as a left back, as a right back, as a left midfielder, a right midfielder, a right winger, a left winger, and a striker. So the only position he hasn't played is a goalkeeper. So I think he is, um, he, he's going to be a fantastic player to, to watch. And, um, I'm really looking, really looking forward to, to see him this season. Yeah, three excellent choices, I might say. Um, guys, we're just going to have to announce that Ollie, uh, unfortunately, is going to have to just jump off here. Um, somebody else needs him. So, uh, but yeah, his work uh, calls. Uh, Ollie, it's been great having you on. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you very soon. Um, but yes, uh, let, let's uh, look at uh, my three uh, choices. Um, I did say three players. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a, a bit of a, a, a joker into the pack here. Um, uh, well, the first choice uh, I'll stick to the two players first um, is uh, Eduardo Vargas uh, Tigres. Um, I think it's going to be a very big season for him. I think it's make or break, um, you know, possibly for his uh, Tigres career because in Liga MX uh, you you don't get very long uh, quite often, but. Um, 
I, I just think it's it's been a very long time since we've seen him score a lot of goals uh, at club uh, level. Um, it's it you'd have to look back at uh, Universidad Chile when they were a, a bit of a force uh, down in South America. You know he uh, managed to score I believe seventeen goals in one season, uh, but uh, since then he, he struggled to get more than six. Uh, quite often getting uh, somewhat less than that as well. So I, I think it could be a big year for him, and I think him scoring. Uh, this last weekend uh, was only a good thing, and I, I kind of hope he comes good. If I, if I'm honest, um, the next player I'm going to pick is uh, Felipe Mora, who's uh, signed for uh, Cruz Azul, um, another uh, Chilean. Um, he's um, he's 23. He's a striker. Um, I, I think he's um, he's going to be an exciting player to to look out for. Um, Cruz Azul. Really need some goals, and uh, I mean we, we we've mentioned quite a few times that Cruz Azul have been. Um, sorry if this offends anyone, but they've been a, a little bit of uh, well the, the the butt of the joke uh, quite often in uh, Liga MX, especially when a lot is expected from them being one of the the big sides. Uh, they they haven't had a good time of it at all. But um, he scored quite a lot of goals in the second half of the season. And uh, when he was down in Chile, and said, "Yeah, I, I think he could be a great signing. Only twenty-three, um, not pile any pressure on him, but um, Cruzol could do uh, with him being good. And uh, I, I think he might be. I think he might just be um, what they need. So um, yeah, it could be interesting there. And uh, the third, I was going to say player, but the third person I'm going to mention that I, I think we should keep a little eye out on this season is uh, Francesco Palencia of Pumas. Manu, you mentioned um, Costello of uh, Pumas, and yes, that, that Pumas shirt you have is lovely, by the way. Uh, I like it a lot. We both talked about how much we like uh, the likes of the shirts in the Liga MX, but um, they, they really didn't have a very good um, second half of the season last year. And uh, Palencia is a young manager that uh, a lot of hope uh, was was put in him. Um, he's He's been around the world, different clubs. He's been at Barcelona and sorts. And I would like to see him do well. I like to see young managers get a chance and do very well. But he's not going to get much time. Uh, I thought that he may have got the sack Um over the summer periods, over the off season, he hasn't. He's they've stuck with him, and I hope he can pull things around. I think that man Costello is going to have to have a very good season uh, for Pumas and uh, for Palencia. Um, just as you said, Manu, how how do you view uh, Palencia, and do, do you see him being able to pull things around? Well, he will. I have to. I think this is this is. I mean, you rightly identify him, although. Not a player, but he is one of the people that will have to have a good season in order to f- forget the the dreadful second half of the Clausura last year. And I think Pumas, I like them. I have a soft spot for them. I, I love the shirt. I love the the huge Puma that you have on there. So I I can't wait for them to do well. Yeah, we're gonna go a little bit low, bro, on, on this. I mean, obviously we we went and said that we we loved their shirts. Um, Chris and the gig and pressing pods uh, did not agree one bit when we showed them that shirt uh, last season. But um, what did you make of the uh, Club America shirts? Um, there's a little bit of um, well, I don't think everyone agrees on, on this one. A lot of people are really not very happy about that shirt at all, and I thought it was really nice. <laughs> I think Liga MX shirts are always controversial, Bryce. I think people either love them or hate them. I personally don't mind them. I, I think 
throw as much color on there and get some, get some action going. And that's why you like Liga MX, isn't it? It's, it's always looks a little bit like a, a bunch of wrestlers got dressed up to play a soccer game. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah. And, uh, even they're awake at, yeah, I'll, I'll love that. I like that as well. I just send that over to you, man. You've got that to enjoy. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to wrap it up a little bit. Um, we're going to do what we did on, uh, or, or what we normally do on the Gag and Press and podcast as well. And I'd like you to pick one fixture. Um, you don't even have to explain it, but one fixture you would like to uh, highlight uh, this weekend, Manu, that you reckon people should tune into. Oh, that's that's a tough one, Bryce. Um, I... Yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm really curious uh, about seeing Lobos for the first time in the league. So that's going to be the game um, that I'm going to watch. Lobos blew up against Santos Laguna. No, not a bad choice at all. I think there's many games that um, I could advise people to tune into. A uh, bit of a tricky one. Um Maybe things will change for Cruz Azul, I, but uh, I'm going to go for the uh, the Monday game, uh, the very last one. I'm going to go a bit of an odd choice of Veracruz versus uh, Nakaxa, and I think a lot of people would see this as a relegation battle, but I think Nakaxa may have built themselves a, a quite interesting side. I, I think that they could surprise some people uh, this season. Uh, you know, obviously, because I made that prediction, they're going to get relegated. But, um, yeah, well, I, I reckon that that could be a bit of a left field uh, choice. But, yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, Manu, uh, what would you like to uh, draw people's attention to uh, this coming week? Or where can people find you online? Yeah, people can follow me at Manuel Vef and... Um yeah, Major League Soccer, Liga MX, and then the usual Bundesliga updates. That's really what I'm doing. And all of that can be found um, at Football Grad Live and the various pages that are associated to it. Yeah, that's it. No doubt we'll have uh, plenty going on online uh, for you to uh, to read up on and uh, also watch. I'm going to start my uh, my vlogs again on Liga MX. So if you miss any of it, I'll try and do a little recap hopefully uh, Monday morning or so. Um, you can find me on Twitter at BryceDunn11, but I'm pretty sure I'll do those uh, vlogs off uh, Football Grad. Um, also, I'll do a shout out for Ollie. If you want to um, find him on Twitter, it's F R football f-u-t-b-o-l ollie o-l-l-y um he's always got a lot of a uh, lot to say about league mx while it's playing as well but apart from that um yeah enjoy the weekend tune into as many games as you can uh you won't regret it uh, it's going to be a fantastic and exciting weekend as always in our league mx thanks for tuning in and we will have an update and a podcast out with you again very soon bye if you could shop the shelves of all your local liquor stores at the same time? Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. 
Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.